John. And I'm Robin. This is Rangers of the Midwest Podcast. 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 Welcome, folks. So today we're going to talk about situations that we responded to medicals as rangers. But first, I have a little story of something that occurred this past weekend at my state park. (laughs) So I was patrolling, doing peach patrol with another ranger on foot, checking for dogs on the beach, alcohol, etc. And we were just finishing the patrol and we came across uh, a dead seagull in the sand and the seagull was right next to a group of girls with their that were just like laying on their blankets. They had their little picnic basket cooler. Picnic basket. <laughs> you know, they were just at the beach to relax. Anyways, the ranger I was with kind of like nudged the seagull with his foot and said, Ma'am, is this yours? <laughs> <laughs> and um, she kind of looks back because she's on her her um, front side and she looks back and she's like no (laughs) so the ranger proceeds to pick up the seagull and walk it to our um, gator which is nearby and puts it in a trash bag anyways I'm walking behind him and I look down and there's just a heaping mound of maggots wiggling around and I said to the girl I was like you know you might want to move your blanket over a little ways because there's maggots right here and she just kind of looks back shrugs and goes back to you know just laying there tanning so she obviously wasn't too concerned <laughs> about the maggots some people are strange man i'll tell you what if i saw maggots i'd be like dear god i'm moving about 100 yards from this place what i don't understand is why did they like lay down by a dead seagull <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question but anyways, the seagull didn't need a medical. Um, the seagull well, was long past that <laughs> point. <laughs> that point just needed a proper burial from a good coroner or something. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so today we're going to talk about medicals. I actually have a few less stories than you, and I didn't think about it when I had you do the introduction there. <laughs> but I'm going to have to have you tell your story first. But first I'm going to give the insight here. Okay. We're going to talk about basically it's going to be like injuries or it's going to be just people public injury entirely in itself like it's impossible to go to public place without something happening now as park rangers it's our best in our best interest to make sure that the public is always safe i said it almost every episode our mission statement protect the park from the people the people from the park and the people from the people because all of those in turn will end up requiring first aid at some point and we are generally trained on first aid we don't know 100 percent about what we're supposed to do with everything that's why we always have outside agencies help us if it ever comes to being that serious but in the most of these that we're going to have today i can say confidently that we were able to handle up to a point as a first responder what we're supposed to do Mm -hmm. absolutely some more serious than others but either way i mean we did our job we made sure that everyone was safe and that's what we're here for yeah and some like scary or irritating as they're happening but after it's like a relief that they're okay or it's just funny to look back and be like, wow, we were irritated by that. Like, it was, yeah. like, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, some people, we're not very well trained when mm-hmm. it comes to um, 
all types of medical situations, but some people just think that they know the answers when honestly, there's just some times where it's more serious than what they would even like to believe. Yeah. But then there's some people that have a serious, like, emergency and they are just, like, brushing it off like it's not a big deal. I think you got a story that coincides with that, yes. don't you? <laughs> Go ahead and drop that one. So, I was patrolling the beach with actually one of our summer workers. Um, and we were, you know, just looking for, like I said before earlier, alcohol, uh, dogs on the beach, just like the... Standard patrol. Yeah, standard yeah. patrol. And um, as we were, after we did a big alcohol dump, which, you know, it is not fun to do those, by the oh. way. <laughs> <laughs> we did a big alcohol dump. I received a call on the radio from another summer worker, which was in our main office. <laughs> it Letting me know that there was a man in the concessions building who needed uh band-aids because he cut himself okay and the concessionaire didn't have any band-aids and i was like okay well in route yeah that's <laughs> so, an easy one right here yeah right? so i headed over to the concessions building and i was i walked in with my med kit and i was like okay now i have to find this guy but fortunately he found me which was good mm-hmm. but <laughs> he found me he had like paper towel wrapped around his thumb and like his hand had blood all over it and and he had blood like down his arm down his legs like on his oh, feet and um this guy was probably early 60s Oof. i would say and um his his wife wasn't there with him then but he was he was by himself and he was like i just need some band-aids and i was like okay um i think you need more than band-aids i think we (laughs) should wrap it you know with gauze and then tape it up and he's like no band-aids are fine and i was like okay i'm not gonna argue with this guy so i just gave him some band-aids okay and apparently like his wife was gonna put him on so i was like okay fine so i get back in the gator with my med kit and um, head back and do my patrol. So I'm headed back down the beach, um, do the rest of my patrol, then I'm headed back up towards the concessions building again, and this guy is walking down the beach towards me, and his wife, like, staggered behind him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he needs gauze. I know he does. (laughs) (laughs) There's more here. (laughs) So he comes up to me, and he gets close, and he has blood coming all over like, uh, you know, it's getting on my arm. It's getting all over the gator. And, um, is this kind of like staggering? Oh, I forgot to say like what happened to him. So he said that he was in the parking lot with his wife. Like they were just like relaxing Uh and he was whittling a wooden spoon and he cut his thumb open with the knife. Oh, I've heard, I guess I've heard stranger things happening in state parks, but what you're making spoons with a knife in the park? Yeah. Okay. But anyways, I I was like, oh my gosh. So I had my gloves on, and I was like, there's blood on me. Don't freak out. Just get this over with, then you can clean up. So I wrapped the gauze around his thumb after he, because he's like (laughs) all over the place. Like, he's moving around. I'm like, dude, just keep your (laughs) arms still. So I wrap it, and then he's holding his thumb still, so I was able to tape it, and I'm still trying not to get blood all over myself because it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I told him after, I was like, you need to go to the hospital because, like, you need stitches. That is, like, yeah. that's bad. Like, that's bleed. And he's like, I'm not going to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm like, okay, man. whatever. So <laughs> I'm like, well, you need to at least go clean yourself up because you have For blood real. all over you. He's like, oh, yeah, I will. And his wife is like, doesn't even seem concerned. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does she, it all the time. <laughs> yeah, she just, like, probably deals with this all the time, like, his stubbornness. So, anyways, after he leaves, I wiped off, like, my arm in the gator with sanitizing wipes. And then I went up and washed up my arm even more. <laughs> Called my supervisor, and I was like, do I need a hepatitis C shot? <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> I am nervous. And he was like, did you have any open wounds? And I said no. And he's like, you should be fine. Just clean yourself up really good. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> For real, though, that's scary stuff. <laughs> Like, bloodborne pathogens is a big thing yes. that we have to cover every year. It's like, I, I take the topic in presentation, but it's like a 36-slide thing. And basically, all it says is, don't get blood on you, wear gloves, and don't get blood on you, <laughs> like, a hundred times. Yeah, or is it hepatitis B? I don't know. Whatever. All of them freak me out. It could be all, tetanus. <laughs> could be AIDS. You know, yeah. there's everything you have to worry about if it somehow manages to get in your body. So this guy... He must have lost more than four pints of blood because yeah. he must have been acting crazy. And, and um, my boss actually told me that he was in a situation with a guy who bled all over his hand. And, like, my boss had a scab on his hand, so he was worried that the blood got in because the guy tested HIV positive. Oh, God. But he went to the doctor, got a blood test, and he came back negative, And the doctor was like, that scab is, like, well, like, you know, healed that it wasn't going to get in there. So he got really lucky, I think, because, like, if it wasn't healed, I think he might have gotten HIV. That would have been terrible. Yeah. And it's that that easy. It's small, small cut, a little bit of blood, next thing you know, that's it. Mm -hmm. It's over. And it's why it's important to wear gloves, but, I mean, sometimes, like, I guess you don't really have a choice. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's an emergency, you're trying to take care of business. Mm -hmm. If you don't have gloves on you, you can't expect to be ready for it all the time. I have a little pouch that I'm able to keep up to stakes gloves on. I end up running out of them like an hour into my shift every day. Me too. I, I always shove like three pairs in my pocket and I'm just like, well, they're gone now. Yeah. <laughs> there goes that. Well, anyway, I guess I have a follow-up story similar to what you're mentioning here. That guy cut himself with a with a knife whittling a spoon. Whittling a wooden spoon. Yeah. So out of previous park I used to work at, I was in a, a campground office in this case, uh, taking in campers and stuff like that. And then I had a guy come in and he said, I have a problem. I'm like, what you got? And he's like, my hand. And I'm like, oh, my hand. A physical problem. Okay. So he's like, can I can I show you outside? I said, absolutely. And he, I noticed he had a white shirt wrapped around his hand like three times, but it wasn't white anymore. It was red. <laughs> you can tell it was originally a white shirt because there's white normally around it. And at first I thought it was like he just spilled a bunch of paint in his hand. It was all blood. And he's like, I was walking my dog on a large dune, and the dog saw another dog and tried to get away from me. And I had this carabiner, and I was holding it, and it was open. And when the dog got down the hill, I fell, and it went from the middle finger in between the ring finger. The carabiner went into his hand and pulled all the way down to his wrist. I would never think that a carabiner would do that to someone. Yeah. He had, he had it open. That was his first mistake. And it just it got in, and then when it went down, it was just so quick, it just went through. And I'm sure it was real quick, painful, suck thing to happen. Yeah. And I'm like, that sounds terrible. And I see you have a lot of blood here. I'm obviously going to need to gauze wrap it, but can I see what I'm working with here? He said, yeah, yeah, I can see if I can get it off. And so he does three unwraps and he shows me his hand. And as soon as I see it, I see his middle finger bone. And I'm Ooh, like, my wee. God. 
This guy needs to go to the hospital. This is a clear and cut for me. He saw his wound for the first time, actually. When he did it, he kind of just held it shut, took off his shirt and wrapped it. And then he went and put on another shirt because he went to his campsite, which was far from from his area where he got hurt. I don't know why he came all the way over. Yeah. But he came over to me just wanting some gauze and calling it good. And I'm like, I looked at it and I'm like, you got to go to the hospital. And then he looked at it and I think it's the first time he saw it because he went into a minor shock and actually almost started to pass out. And I'm like, okay, okay, you're good. And I grabbed him by the shoulders and held against the building. I'm like, let me know when you're with me again, okay? And he's like, I'm good. I just, I can't handle blood well. And I'm like, wish you would have told me that before you showed me your cut. <laughs> so um, I'm like, okay, we're going to take care of the wound. We got to clean it out a bit. And this is where I went wrong a little bit here. I knew that you're not supposed to put hydrogen peroxide in deep wounds, but I didn't think about it at all getting inside from the cotton ball that I had and I was dabbing up the hand with. I got him to show me his hand without looking at it, and as soon as I put the peroxide around the outside of the cuts, it was like a demon came out of this guy. He's like, Gah! and I'm like, oh, okay, let's not do that anymore. We're just going to let this get sealed up. We're going to wrap it in gauze, and we need to get you out of here because this is serious. Shouldn't be able to see someone's bone through their hand. kind of messed up. So clean up a little bit. I wrap them with like three different sets of elastic gauze, and I told him, make sure you keep pressure on this with this because I put one, one gauze... The, the chunk gauze, the square ones, put that down first, wrap that, and it should absorb as long as he's keeping his hand together, kind of like uh, like arm wrestling or something like that. Yeah. So he got that. He got his friend to take him, and on the way out, he's like, thanks, man. I'm like, you're welcome. But never, for deep wounds, ever use hydrogen peroxide on a never. wound. Never. It hurts bad enough in little cuts. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that it can create permanent scarring because you're destroying good and bad bacteria. Yeah. So luckily I didn't pour it into the wound like I was thinking at the time. I only tried to clean up around the outsides. But uh, I ended up hearing back from him. His hand um, is doing better, to say the least. He does have a permanent scar across his hand. Not because yeah. of the hydrogen peroxide. It's because the carabiner got all the way through. Um, he's able to use everything in his hand. So somehow he managed not to destroy the ligaments, or maybe they reattached them. So his hand's good to go. Major scar on his hand. He's he's good to go. He'll always look at that scar and remember not to leave carabiners open. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Whew. But yeah. Um, do you have a story? What, what was the next story we had in line here? Um... Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> typical park ranger. <laughs> so, there was a, I would say, like, 85-degree humid day. Saw mm. this guy. I was up on top of a dune, you know, with my binoculars looking around, and this guy on a bike approaches me and says, an older fella just fell down here by the sidewalk. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I just took off running because I was like, this is not good. Yeah. And I got down there, and the older man, his name, well, I guess we could just call him Frank. <laughs> We've had Frank. Franks on here Plenty before. Plenty of Franks. And, um... He was on a sheet because the sand was so hot to oh, that man. day. And, like, it was just a hot, hot day. The sun was beaming. And there was people that came to help this old man, and they, like, had a sheet over him, um, like, giving him shade. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, what's going on? And uh, a woman was on the phone with 911 already, which was awesome because mm-hmm. I was going to suggest someone do that right away. But um, other than that... 
people were trying to give him water because that's what the ambulance wanted before they showed up. Let's try to get him water. Put water on the back of his neck, his armpits, you know, try to warm him up. Because we didn't know what was wrong with him. Like, Calm down. Yeah, we didn't know if he was exhausted from the heat or not. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, before I got there... They were trying to, the people that were there helping were trying to, like, help him back up so he could walk to his car, but he, like, would, couldn't even get up. Like, he, they couldn't even hardly get his butt off the ground. Sheesh. Because he wasn't even, help, like, helping them help him. No. And he kept trying to get up himself when I showed up, and he said, get me to my car. I can drive home. Get me to my car. And I'm just, like, thinking, you're not, like gonna be able to drive home like we're not getting you to your car yeah and by the way his car was maybe like 200 feet ish away um because he was parked in a handicap spot and he was just like on a mound of sand i don't know it was before things got cleared up and it our sidewalk was not visible yeah i hear that (laughs) but anyways um the local pd showed up and I let him know, like, what happened, the guy's name, his age, his medical history, which was four strokes and a heart attack. Yikes. So the um, PD went over, you know, was talking to the guy, getting the same information that I got from him and stuff. And the guy kept saying, get me to my car. I can drive home. Get me to my car. And he's like, we're not, like, letting you go anywhere. You're saying. <laughs> yeah, so the ambulance finally shows up. They finally get him on a stretcher. It took, like, six people to get him on a stretcher because the guy, like, could not walk by himself. Like, he needed help. Brought him in. I'm walking past his car looking. There's a bottle of wine opened, like, three-quarters of the way gone. And I'm like, this guy is drunk. (laughs) So I let the ambulance know what I saw. I let the local PD know what I saw. And they're like, yeah. So this guy was not, like, heat exhausted. <laughs> he was just sitting in his car drinking for, like, 40 minutes. Then he tried to walk out to the, maybe see the water. I don't know what he was doing. But anyways, the ambulance took him, and uh, his wife came. His wife met him at the hospital and got his keys and came back and got his car. So. Well, that's good, at least. All's well that ends well, I guess. Yeah, but say. it's like, wow. <laughs> it's one of those times where you, you you have to treat it seriously, but then it finds out it's like, really? Yeah. Come on. He wasn't even supposed to have alcohol in the first place. Yeah, and like, it's it's like, really, the guy's okay. He's just been drinking. Yeah. But it's like, really, at first I was so, like, concerned. I was like, what is wrong with this guy? Like, yeah. he had all these strokes and a heart attack. And he's over here falling around. The first yeah. thing you got to think is this can't be good. Mm-hmm. And it just turns out it's just a stubborn old man in this case. He just wanted to come out. He broke the rules in a way. And then he was trying to drive. He was trying to get, escape you guys. Get like, me to my car. Get, get, get me, me to, to my, my car. car. I can't even stand to walk to my own <laughs> car, but let me go drive somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right, guy. Yeah. But anyway, Frank is fine, everyone. By the way, he just probably had too much to drink and went back home. Should have wrote him a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Frank's lucky he didn't get figured out first. So, I actually have a coinciding story that teams up with the same thing you just had here. It was, uh, I think it was last year around late July. Um, I was just hanging out at the booth area where we take money and stuff like that. And we both 
actually heard this call. There was uh, a <laughs> yeah, reporter of a man falling over over in the, the beach area. It's an older gentleman, of course. It's almost the same kind of instance, right? You have to take that seriously. You're like, oh, people falling over, that's usually something could be happening medically or it's just maybe they're unstable, you know? So headed over there. Actually, I think you did this part. Um, you pulled up where he was, and then did you pick him up? or? Yeah, so I don't remember this guy's name, but... Frank number two. Yeah, Frank number two. He First of all, he was wearing like a plaid long sleeve, button-up shirt, tucked into Dickies, like, um, you know, the darker navy pants. Okay. Just like a typical, like, old man clothes. <laughs> old man look. <laughs> yeah, old man look. And he was wearing a trucker's uh, baseball cap. And I remember him saying, like, his girlfriend didn't want to go to the beach with him. <laughs> so he, would, he came anyways. This guy was, like, late 80s, early 90s. Had to have been, right? Yeah. I mean, he looked, he looked like he shouldn't be out in public at the age he was at. I'm not... I don't mean any offense by that, but the guy, uh, he was, like, lanky. He Super skinny. It's the kind of person that you should see in a car everywhere they go yeah. because it's like, you shouldn't have to get out of your car anymore mm-hmm. kind of guy. So, anyways, he parked, like, way down the street. I don't know why he didn't just come up and park in the parking lot. <laughs> and I think he might have seen the beach full sign, maybe. I don't know, but the beach wasn't full anymore. Poor guy. But anyways... He, like, stumbled and fell, and two women helped him up, and that's when I drove the gator over and um, <laughs> asked him if he needed help, assistance, because I didn't know what was wrong with him, and that's when he was complaining about his girlfriend not wanting to come to the beach, and he just wanted to come to the beach and get a hot dog from the concession stand. So I was like, you are in no condition to walk, old yeah, man. man. <laughs> like, what the heck? So we gave him a ride in the gator, buckled him up, you know, Brought him up to the concession stand, let him out, and I actually got out and, like, walked, like, crossed, like, locked arms with him and walked him up to the concessions, because <laughs> I was like, this guy cannot walk by himself. I don't trust him. For real. And I, after that, I left, but I was, like, I was really concerned about him. I didn't hear anything else about him. That, that's where, actually, I come in, because <laughs> I saw the guy trying to leave the park. <laughs> Jeez. But this guy, you, you said yourself, he parked out of the park. So he walked, mm-hmm. like, he probably already walked a mile into the place. Oh, yeah, he walked far. And I tell you what, he don't walk fast. I've seen turtles move faster than this guy. <laughs> he's and I'm t- walking so slow. He, he's the kind of guy that when he walks, he drags his feet a little bit, and the steps are like, uh, you know, the one-two-step <laughs> hip dance that you do when you're on the dance floor. So he's not making progress fast when he's walking. It's hot. <laughs> you know this guy's getting eaten by the sun. I guarantee you his legs were exhausted. I don't think he was lifting his feet from the ground before. <laughs> he was sliding, man. He would have been better off wearing rollerblades. So, yeah, this guy, I even tried to ask him, like, do you do you want to ride anywhere? And he's like, no, I got it. And then he just continues on his his board path back to his car. Yeah, hopefully he made it there that night. <laughs> yeah, he, he did not want any more assistance. He felt embarrassed just with the one ride the way it is. I watched him fall over when he transferred from Aww. from the from the cement to the other layer of cement. Like, he walked through the sand real quick and just quick fall. It wasn't hard. It was just a fall. And he just, he looked like, oh, God, I'm sick of this. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, like, this happens all the time. I come over. I'm like, are you okay? He's like, I'm fine. And then he gets up. And I'm like, do you want me to give you a ride? And he's like, I got it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Can't just help someone that doesn't want to help. So I watched this guy walk out of the park while taking passports and checking passports and all that. And I'm like, okay, that's great. 
Oh, that reminds me. Right where you're talking about that old man falling, uh-huh. there was a day. It was like the middle of the day that you know those the, those um senior living. Yeah, the assisted buses, living. The assisted living. Yeah. The buses that come through and drop them off, and so they can enjoy the the park, the beach, and then pick them up like an hour or two later. Mm-hmm. Well, they were there to pick them up, and all of the older. Uh, people are walking on the bus and this one guy trips where the um, sidewalk meets the sand mm-hmm. and falls and slams his head on the sidewalk oh, no. and like I was luckily right there at the booth so I ran over with I grabbed like first grabbed the first aid kit ran over uh, saw the blood so I grabbed a um, gauze pad and just stuck it on well, after I put gloves on, Yeah, put gloves on, put pressure, so right? I just, like, put pressure right on his head and just left it there. And someone had already called 911 to come, and I was like, thank you. And then the ambulance showed up, and they were like, good. <laughs> good job. <laughs> <laughs> and then they helped him out. And I think he did go, yeah, he did go to the hospital um, because they were concerned because it was a head injury. Mm-hmm. But he was okay. He was so nice, and... He, he kept wanting to get up, though, and I kept telling him, yeah. like, no, just stay down. Just chill out, man. Yeah. No. But, yeah, that, that story, I would say instantly, of course, that's why we're always around yeah. doing stuff. Even if we're annoying people with our, like, our uh, patrols and enforcement and stuff, we're actually there for stuff like that because yeah. we happen to be in the right place at the right time. I was so time. glad I was right at the booth because it was right there. I was like, perfect. Yeah, and you did everything you were supposed yeah. to. I mean, he didn't move. He didn't get up. There's a chance he could have had a concussion if he slammed his head. And when it comes to people, like after a certain point, not only is your blood thinner, you're like you're, you're more brittle on a lack of a better word. You have to make sure that person goes straight to somewhere that they can get medical attention. Yeah, and you know that same day, I don't want to make this podcast too long, but that same day there was a guy in an e-bike flying down the sidewalk that bikes aren't allowed to go on Mm -hmm. and he apparently he says he yelled to a woman on your right she looked back he slammed into her she fell hit her head on the sidewalk jesus so i had to respond to that too same day the same day doesn't that figure and i'm just like really i was so mad at that guy because it's like why are you flying on an e-bike past like an old woman which I, Why don't you stop or get out of the way? Walk your bike around on the sand around her. Like felt so bad for her. There's like a speed limit law for that, I believe. I mean, yeah. even if you're just pedaling or whatever, first off, there's a bunch of e-bike laws that I can't really delve deep into because yeah, I'm not 100% on the that's rules. that's a whole nother story. That's a can of worms. Yeah. So, But the fact is, you shouldn't have been flying past anyone on a sidewalk that can barely fit two bikes on it the way it is. Yeah. Like, there's some things that happen are just common sense. Like, don't do that. Uh, I know where we are, we have e-bikes that we use to get back and forth, mm-hmm. and I know better even when you, you see a group of people, think ahead of time. If I'm flying through here, they don't turn around or they turn the wrong way, it's over. You're going to fall off the bike, it's going to be an injury. If your own medical, you just cause and have to deal with now. Mm-hmm. It's like, just pay attention, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I don't know how that guy wasn't paying attention because when I ride the e-bike like back and forth to where I need to... There's people everywhere, and I just slow down when there's people in the way. (laughs) Why risk the idea? Yeah, why did you fly? But the the woman was okay. She actually lived near the park, so her friend was with her, and she was able to bring her to the hospital. We didn't have to call an ambulance. Good. So uh, she was a younger lady than I imagined. She was probably in her early 60s, like that one guy. Okay. I mean, still, they're 
pretty young, still active. But to say the least, the injury was less severe as the man that tripped and hit his head. Yeah, and it, then she it had wasn't as severe as that. But you always feel bad when you see blood all over their head. Yeah. It just sucks. And, and head injuries bleed so yeah. much. And when a head injury does bleed, it's almost like an automatic trip to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Because when you have a concussion normally, I mean, you can get away without even having blood and just a welt. Yep. You even get those checked out. Now, if blood's coming out of the head, that means the impact must have been severe enough to either cause just a scrape and a simple loss of skin, or it's going to be something more serious, like an actual, and then blood coming out of their, their head hemorrhaging. Next podcast, we should talk about injuries that we get at the park. Oh, <laughs> that, oh boy, I have a few of those. I know, me too. <laughs> so, this is actually one of our longer podcasts, and I still have a story I want to tell too. So... Out of more, the severest medical I've ever dealt with is actually the first one, well, I can't say it's the most severe, but the first one I've ever dealt with was when I was a non-commissioned ranger over Mm -hmm. at another state park. Um, I was just on a typical patrol, probably like 3 or 4 p.m. Sun's probably at its hottest point, you know, and usually it's noon supposed to be the hottest point, but between 12 and 3, the sun gets the perfect amount of attention on the ground. Um, I was actually just watching out onto the beach, making sure everyone was safe. And then I have a call over a dispatch that calls for our number. And they're like, looking for us, you know, any one of the rangers that are on shift. Now there's three of us. Um, Me being on commission, the first thing I thought is I should wait for one of the commissioned officers to answer. But it turns out the two other commissioned officers were either away from the beach or they were dealing with exigent circumstances. So... I'm like, I have to answer. I'm like, go ahead. And they go, we have a report of a woman, possible heat exhaustion on top of this hill. And uh, we need someone to check out. And I hear she's in distress. And I go, en route. So first thing I think is, I mean, I've watched this happen like seven or eight times, how to deal with heat exhaustion. I'm, I guess I'm just going to go up there and see what I have to do. So I have uh, a quad to do to get around with this thing. Mm-hmm. So I have this quad. I take off up this hill. I get to the top of the hill, no sign, no sign, no sign. Boom. I see two people standing with one woman wearing all black. Um, it's uh, one of those women that have the the, the veils that they okay. kind of wear. Um, all black, though. She tried to climb this, this hill of sand. And it's not a small hill of sand, you know. She's trying to, like, midway up that with the sun blazing on her wearing all black. Yeah, Probably didn't drink enough water. That's crazy. And that's instantly all no bueno. So I get down to her, I'm like... Hello, I'm park ranger here. What can I do to help here? And they're like, oh, I think she's experiencing heat exhaustion. I'm like, hey, what's your name? And she's like, uh, and I'm like, oh, she's not responsive. It doesn't sound like to me. So I let them know over the radio. I'm like, hey, I have found her. She looks like she's in mid-30s. She is conscious. Um, She's not fully responsive. I think she's going through vertigo and definitely heat exhaustion. And I said, we're sending in uh, ambulance priority one. I said, good, thank you. And I talked to them. I'm like, are you able to walk? And she's, ah, no, no, I don't want to move. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I got to load her up in the back of the quad. You two, can you help me? So I get on the quad. I get her over my shoulder. Ambulance pulls up down the hill. They can't drive up the, the sand. So I take her arm and I kind of lock her inside of her armpit over my shoulder on the left side. And I start to go down slow because it's kind of steep. Um, while I'm getting her down, I mean, she's trying to pull off left and right because she is vertigo right now. She yeah. wants to dive off. So I'm just kind of rocking with her with one hand on the throttle and the, the handbrake at the same time. Just kind of left and right, pulling her on me, making sure she can't pull off. And it does sound like she's about to throw up on me. But 
long as I get her to the ambulance, I'm doing my job. So I get down there, ambulance opens up. I get her straight in the ambulance. They load her up. Um, I hear her throw up in there. I, they pump her full of some saline to get some um, some hydration back in her body. So a saline drip, drinking water. She throws up like seven or eight times. They take her to the hospital, get her checked out. She turns out being fine after that. But it was the first time I've ever been put in a situation where like, you need to get out there now. Like this is important. This woman could easily just have a heat stroke and die. And I think she was just on the borderline of that, the way that she was acting. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, a lot of pressure. It's good experience and it did help me further in my career. Um, I've experienced like nine or 10 serious medical since that same time, uh, some including deaths, unfortunately. But the fact is, once you get through the first or the second one and when it comes to medicals, it really becomes second nature to just try to do what you can to help. Yeah, and you feel more comfortable and you're able to like be all there. Yes. Uh, one thing they would always say, it's not your emergency, it's theirs. And so it's just a way of thinking when it comes to helping them. Mm-hmm. You don't want to just start panicking and doing things wrong, but instead you're actually having a strategy and what to expect, what can you do at the time, and what can you do to cover all grounds to make sure these people are safe. So, more serious one to end on, but um, I feel like that was a good story to Yeah, I think there. that was a good story because it's, it's like telling, like showing and telling everyone that you know things do happen at our parks that are serious yeah and like like ranger john said we do deal with deaths also and it's not something that we like expect when we start our shift that day mm-hmm. yeah it's, it really explains to the broad horizon of what a park yeah. ranger has to deal with um besides medicals we get serious medicals we get funny medicals we get medicals that people don't think it's serious we've literally experienced life and all of its large capacity through everyone else because sometimes uh sometimes it could be good sometimes it could be bad i don't know in the general here all we're saying is be safe try to use common sense when it comes to everything and we're always going to do our best to to help people out of rough situations like that we are first responders we're not the ones that will always have the answers but we'll be the ones to get you to the people that can exactly yep we're always calling them to get calling the people to take them to the right place that they need to go to exactly and hopefully it just keeps it simple as what we can do and just deal with it without our med with our med kits and then be done with it in a good way yes absolutely anyway do you have anything more to add just i'm excited for next week oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) nothing better than this so as as usual guys uh we're on podbean that's romw.podbean.com you can follow us directly on there that's the host site but we're also on itunes and spotify uh, these will both be available. All you have to do is look up ROMW or Rangers of the Midwest Podcast and you'll find us. Please, if you do, follow us on Podbean. Give us some more comments. Let us know what you want to hear, what you don't like, stuff like that. We're always open to suggestions. Yeah, we actually did just get a bunch of suggestions from other Rangers, and we are taking them into consideration, but we really liked the emergency medical um, topic today. Yeah, it's so easy to have so many stories out yeah. there. It's great. So, Anyway, I'm John. I'm Robin. This has been Rangers of the Midwest Podcast.